0: taking up a variety of topics, as diverse as working from home to sporting events, to the role of the board of directors, to crisis management, to the role of supply chains. We will look at all of these in this podcast. If you have a topic you'd like covered on compliance and coronavirus, please let me know. I'd be happy to do a podcast on it. In this podcast, I'm joined by John Shigarian. John's company, ERI, disposes of computer and computer-related equipment. And we talk about the new normal of doing business and why his business model is going to be even more important with the large number of employees who are working from home, security and data privacy, and a fascinating exploration of a wide variety of these issues. I know you'll find this podcast useful and enlightening. Hello, everyone. Tom Fox, back for another episode with John Shigerian. Uh, John and I met a few weeks ago. We recorded one podcast, and I asked him to come back and talk about some specific issues around the coronavirus health crisis and the economic dislocation. So, John, first of all, uh, welcome, and thank you for taking the time to visit with me again.
1: Oh, it's an honor to be back here, Tom. Thanks uh, for inviting John's me. John's
0: company, uh, ERI, um disposes of and uh, puts away uh, electronic equipment in a safe, sound, and environmentally secure manner. And we were, did a podcast where we focused on that business, and it struck me, John, in that podcast that with the way businesses are operating now, we are at the uh a cusp of a new way of doing business, and I wanted to explore how what you and your team does is going to become even actually more important as more employees gravitate toward from home, and we have a truly worldwide workforce that are uh, connected remotely.
1: That's a great question, Tom, and 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 a couple of a couple of uh, data points. This it all happens so fast. It's not like we had time to plan for the new paradigm of making at-home work both acceptable and both in compliance so it literally was a turning on and turning off of hey we have a crisis if that's that's become the pandemic it was becoming a tragedy quickly and all of a sudden we had shelter in place across in the United States, and the world. Now, luckily, as a company, we had some service models that line up perfectly for this. So let's go over some macro facts that are happening. During this COVID-19 tragedy, what we've learned uh, from great organizations like the FBI and other international organizations is that The cyber criminals are taking this time where all of us are more distracted than ever, living with all sorts of new anxieties and pressures that we never thought would ever exist. And they're now taking that distraction and using it as a tool to create more havoc and do more crime in the cybersecurity space than ever before. And when I say crime, I mean both B2C type crime where they go after people working from home now who maybe didn't have time to get all their electronics up to speed and compliance and code that their corporate compliance required because all of this went down so fast. Number one. Number two, Nation states attacking, and nation states, fancy word for other countries, attacking other countries now, looking for international and state secrets. So, for instance, the United States has been under massive pressure since COVID-19 started. People, nation states, other countries, in other words, are attacking the United States, looking for health care information on where we are in terms of developing a vaccine, where we are in terms of the spread of the disease. Again, data is the new oil. And any way the cyber criminals can take advantage of countries being distracted, businesses being distracted, and people at home as individuals being distracted, which all, true are, all three are true, they're doing it. And they're doing it through DDoS attacks, Malware, ransomware, phishing attacks, it's nuts right now. So from a business perspective, ERI had already an interesting program set up. About eight years ago, my partners created a box program. And the box program, Tom, was simple. It was everything as a box the size of a a cell phone box all the way up to uh, a huge box that would fit on a pallet, a pallet sized box. And so what it is, is consumers or businesses can go online, literally order one of these boxes or two or five or 10, depending on where they are and who they are. And then when the box arrives at their home, after they've ordered them, they could fill it up with their old electronics, print off a label and UPS or FedEx picks it up and ships it back to one of our facilities. Now, why is that important? Yes, the environment's important, and and that's a growing uh, circular economy, and environmental protection is a growing movement, both in the United States and around the world. But because your show's about compliance, and we're talking about cybersecurity and data security today, it's also important because it protects the individuals working from home and the data, that's the, the, the important data, both their own personal and their business data that's on their old electronics. Uh, businesses can do the same. This is set up for B2B uh, and they could also return the materials that way and governments can do the same. So this way, without even leaving their homes and people now are shelter in place and, and there's gonna be a trend for that more and more, even when we get to the other side of this tragic tragic time of this pandemic, people could avail themselves of this box program they could destroy their data responsibly, never worry about it, stay away from the bad guys, but never even have to leave their house or their business to do so and even interact with other people at this point.
0: The ability to do that, the ability to do that at scale, the ability to actually for ERI to turn that tap on really speaks to a not only having a business continuity plan, but actually looking in out into the future to see uh, what not only what the future may hold, what business opportunities will be there, and what you may need to do. And it sounds like you engaged in uh, whether you call it forecasting, whether you call it uh, risk analysis, uh, whether you call it strategizing, and doing that and having a program in place. Even not dis- even if it wasn't designed for COVID nineteen, you were able to pivot and provide that service.
1: Yeah, well well thank you for that. And 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 you said all those nice things. Maybe I'm gonna call it luck. We created it um really around
0: opportunity. That's when luck happens.
1: That's right, you're right, you're right. And 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 we'll take it. We'll take it when it comes. And uh truly that was developed because my partners, Kevin Dillon and my wife, uh, Tammy Shigarian were working with Staples. This is back in 2012, when Staples realized that the world was getting very comfortable in this online shopping world. And that if people were getting more and more comfortable with buying new electronics online and many other things, as we know, uh, uh, um, they would also be comfortable doing the reverse online. And my wife, Tammy, uh, Kevin, my partner, both of them working with a great, great executive at Staples who's no longer there, but still doing great things in the business world, Mark Buckley, they put together this program back in 12 and it's become a huge program at Staples. And so that we loved using it B2B. We made it, uh, we made it, uh, ubiquitous, uh, to others and also B2C and, uh, and it's been working. Cities have used it with their citizens. And now we get to use it in this tragic period. Um, and we were lucky to be able to have already this set up. We were the first to do something like this. And it's growing. I mean, it's massively growing and, and people are using it. And that's, and that's the beauty of it, because the ease of use. They could order it in the middle of the night in their pajamas. They could, when the boxes come, uh, they could fill it up at their own leisure and they can return it at their own leisure. There's no pressure attached to it, and then there's no contact with others at this time, but they still get to do the right thing, the right thing for both the environment and at this point, because we're talking about data and compliance today, the right thing for their company and for their family because they're protecting one of their most precious assets, their data and their company's data. And that is very important in the world that we live in, especially with the rise of cybercrime, during this covid-19 period in fact they're 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 predicting right now 6 trillion dollars in cybercrime just in this year and that's up from 3 trillion dollars from 2015 so in a mere 5 years does the cyber criminals although we're you know great companies both in software and and hardware like what we do are making progress Cyber criminals are are, are also making progress, unfortunately, and $6 trillion is, is, is a lot of cyber crime in any one year. So I'm so lucky to have you ask me to come on to your great show and give me this platform to talk about just another way to protect all of ourselves and our assets.
0: Let me uh, let me pivot quite a bit for another topic I'd like to explore with you, and that's uh, the mental health of your workforce when they're working remotely, yeah. when they're working from home, when they're self-isolating, when they are under a stay-at-home order. I, <clears throat> I've worked from home for the last 10 years, very comfortable with it. A lot of people have worked in the corporate environment all their lives. This is something very new and different. How are you helping ERI and your employees really on the mental health aspects of working from home?
1: It's a great question, and it's such a timely question. And I'm, I'm, again, thankful that you're bringing this up, Tom, because not enough people are willing to talk about the, the truth behind this, the oppressive isolation. That's so many of us, including me feel during this time. And it's normal to feel that way, but how we deal with it at ERI is communication. And it's become part of our culture from the beginning, but I, I, I stress it now more than ever. I say to my employees now more than ever over communicate rather than under communicate and, uh, and 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 what I and we have regular phone calls with all of our employees, both those uh, that are working still uh, uh, in some offices because we're considered an essential business, so some people do still work from offices for us, and from all of our employees that work from home. And we say over communicate rather than under communicate. And we also say that listen, it, t- it took us eighteen years uh, to build this brand that all of our clients and our competitors and the marketplace has got to know us by. And I, t- and I, and I, what I've shared with them is in the, in this very, very stressful period, high anxiety period, our brand is going to be re rebranded and for better or for worse. And I said, this is our chance um, to come out on the other side, to even polish our brand. And what I mean by that is all brands are under stress. Now I don't care, Tom, how big or small they are. Uh, Every brand is finding different stress points right now because no one has ever dealt with this situation. No matter how smart the leadership is, uh, no one has ever dealt with this before. So what I use with my employees is the word empathy. And I say to them, what I want you all to do is is treat yourselves and your family and friends and your colleagues and our clients and our potential clients and, our, and, and the people that owe us money and the people that are calling us that we owe money to with more kindness and more empathy and more gentleness than ever before. Because those who act the best under the, these kind of times that are the worst are going to be known for that. And those who act the worst and, and, and reveal their character... To be not that great during these times of massive stress are also going to be remembered for that bad behavior. So I, I'm constantly reaffirming that it's okay to feel isolated, to but to remember to over communicate and exude empathy with everyone that they come in contact with. And this goes for family, friends, and of course, colleagues, and then people that we deal with on, on an outside level.
0: Tom, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I wanted to thank you for taking the time to visit with me, and I'm sure we'll be visiting again. I look forward to it, Tom. Thank you again as well. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. If you have any questions or you have a topic you would like explored on this podcast, please shoot me an email at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Also, as a call to action, I would ask if you could, to please tell one of your friends about the podcast so we can spread the word out about the newest podcast on the Compliance Podcast Network. Also, if you would leave us a rating on iTunes or a review, it would greatly help get this, the word out about this most important podcast over the next several months. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll join me for our next episode of Compliance and Coronavirus. This podcast is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.